the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for your presence today. What would it be like to turn away from the only true and living God, the one who gave his only begotten son, the one who knew he would be born in, the one who allows us to live, move, and have our being even before we submit our lives to him, then turn away from him, abandon our faith, and disown him. We should shudder at the very thought of such an atrocity. Listen closely with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander warns us against the dangers of looking back. You don't have to worry And don't you be afraid Let us all stand. Joy comes in the morning Trouble they don't last always Come on, help me. There's a friend in Jesus. Let us all stand. He will wipe your tears away. And if your heart in is broken, just lift your hands and say, just lift your hands and say, Oh, I know that I can, I know that I can stand. I know, Woo, no matter what may come my way, my life. Yes, I know that I can. Yes, sir. Come on, everybody. I know. Who no man may come. My life. My life. Let's lift up my voice and say, with Jesus I can make it. With Jesus I can with him I know I can stand. With him. Woo! Oh Lord. What may come my way. My life. My life. One more time. With Jesus I can make it. With Jesus I can How many of you know with him you know you can stand? Make up my life, my life, my life, my life. It's good to know we're in the hands of God. My life, my life, my life. 
Hallelujah. And Father, we bless you in the name of Jesus. We pray that you will use me now to preach truth in the power of your spirit. God, I need you now. For without you, I can do nothing. So arrest me and the people. Help us to be still and know you're God. To hear a word from you today. In Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. As you'll be seated, be so kind enough to turn to the book of Jude, uh, verses 16 through 19. Just turn to the end of your Bible. It's just prior to Revelation. And it's verses 16, 17, 18, and 19. Uh, of the book of Jude. And here is the word of God. These are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lusts. And they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lust. These are sensual persons who cause divisions not having the spirit. And beloved, this is the word of the living God. And from this passage of scripture, we want to preach uh, part two of this message entitled, the characteristics of corrupt and condemned apostates. The characteristics of corrupt and condemned apostates. What is apostasy? Apostasy is a falling away. It is a desertion from the faith and a disowning of the name of Jesus Christ that a person once professed. Apostasy is a falling away. It is a desertion from the faith and a disowning of the name of Christ that a person once professed. An apostate teacher denies that Jesus is the son of God. They reject the authority of scripture and they live an ungodly lifestyle. What are the characteristics of apostates? Well, in verse 16, it says apostates are grumblers and complainers. One who whines, they murmur, they are grouch, they gripe, they find fault, they criticize, they express dissatisfaction by uttering in a low voice so people around them can hear their discontentment. They make formal accusations with the intent of creating an atmosphere of tension, discontentment, and dissatisfaction. Uh, Jude had to deal with apostates. They had crept into the church and they were wreaking havoc in the Lord's church. Now, with that being said, uh, everyone who complains within the context of the body of Christ is not necessarily an apostate who's been planted there by the devil to derail the Lord's church. You have some who are in Christ, know the Lord, is a baptized believer in Christ. However, they manifest their spiritual immaturity or their flesh comes out because things don't go the way they thought they should have gone. Uh, they come with their own preconceived ideas and they begin to grumble, whine, and complain even though they know the Lord Jesus Christ. Whereas there are others, Satan plants right in the body of Christ. They are not of Christ and their goal is to derail and to shipwreck 
the body of Christ. So we're talking about two kinds of persons. We're talking about one who's in Christ, but they act out of the flesh, their own selfishness and their own agenda, but being in Christ. And then you have those others who are not of Christ, but they are planted in the body of Christ to just tear up the church uh, completely. The Bible says in Philippians 2, 14, do all things without complaining and disputing. Whatever you do for God, you ought to count it sheer joy, sheer delight. You ought to be filled with gratitude and just so blessed to be able to serve in the kingdom of God. If you have to complain about doing anything for God, it's best you not do it. If you, won't you say amen? I mean, if you got to, oh, I'm here, but I don't want to be here. This is long. I don't want to. You clock watching and you just all bent out of shape. Then why are you here? You don't clock watch on the Cowboys in the latter stages of the playoff games. And even on the Spurs, if there's two minutes left in the game and, and the game is on the line and it's tied, you don't go nowhere. Matter of fact, you, you hold yourself and won't even go to the restroom. But then we come to the Lord's church and many, they complain maybe about the ushers or I am standing too long or do I have to come to this choir rehearsal to sing or I'm in the nursery again, the baby threw all up on me, is it worth it and so forth. Listen, whatever you do for God, you ought to count it a joy because God can do extremely superiorly well without me and you. Amen. With that being said, let's transition. Why do apostates grumble and complain? Why do they grumble and complain? Because their hearts are corrupt and have not been regenerated by the Holy Spirit. They are spiritually dead. These false preachers and teachers, they had come into the church and they got in the teaching ministries of the church and they were uh, they were polluting the church with heretical false teachings uh, that was destroying the church. Uh, number, so they are, ungen- they are unregenerated. They do not know the Lord. Number two, uh, why do apostates grumble and complain? Because they are selfish and are only satisfied when weak-minded saints are won over by their negative influence. There are people in the Lord's church who are more committed to a person of influence than the word of God. And that's to their own spiritual detriment. You ought not be so committed to a person that you value what they say over against what the word of God is actually saying. You know, we are all here uh, to learn more of Christ. It's not about us. It's about him. And uh, you ought not let people have more influence over you than the God who created you and saved you by the power of his shed blood. Number three, because apostate Members and teachers have been planted by Satan in the Lord's church with a hidden agenda that is designed to devile and disrupt the unity of the spirit for the purpose of destroying the church through division, tension, and strife. The world in which we now live is undeniable evidence that there is a continual turning away from God. The world has lost God's protection. Yet in the midst of so much of this turning away, God continues to bless his children. Just consider those who appear to have everything lose all that they have, including their lives, because they have chosen to follow their own path instead of the path God chose for them. The tragedies among them is innumerable and continual. We must take heed lest we fall. Verse 19 says, these are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the spirit. 
In other words, they come into the church, they want it, they're divisive, and they want to destroy the unity of the spirit because Satan knows when the church is in chaos, it cannot promote the kingdom agenda that was designed by God for them to promote. And so Satan will create all kinds of tensions and atmospheric conditions that are not conducive for learning and spiritual maturity and growth and growing into his likeness. Number four, a false teacher will cause others to become critical of their pastor and false of their pastor and church leaders, creating discontentment and dissatisfaction with the aim of discrediting church leadership and leading unsuspecting saints away from the church into false doctrines. There are personalities who come to the church and they they are so rough and they are mean. They are actually meanies. They are mean and they are honorary. And a lot of times they end up uh, causing other weak saints who are unstable to leave the church. And those saints who leave can end up in a cult when they were actually in a good church but were run off by people who were not of God or they were so spiritually immature or selfish in Christ that they still did damage that broke the heart of Almighty God. Number five, apostates do not want the truth of God's words to expose lies and deception. Therefore, they grumble and complain to become a distraction to the ministry of the word of God. If they can get some good grumbling going on, good complaining going on, people will get so focused on uh, on uh, grumblings until the word of God does not minister and make an impact in the sight of people. I never will forget, oh, back in maybe 1992 or some year back there, my wife and I we were privileged to go on a jet tour team with the Luis Palau Crusade. We were preaching throughout uh, Jamaica. And my wife and I, we were assigned in Buff Bay and I was preaching there. And then another pastors had other cities that they were assigned to. And at the end of our tenure of ministering that week in Buff Bay, then we would all the next week come down to Kingston and have this massive crusade led by the ministry of Luis Palau who was preaching. And a friend of mine named Al Wallens, I don't know if he's living with the Lord on this side or what. He recounted a story that was very intriguing uh, as we were in Jamaica, and I shall never forget. He said, I opened my Bible and gave the introduction, preparing to preach the word of God. And as I was beginning to preach, this uh, lady started shouting and screaming, hallelujah. She acted like she was happy and she was foaming and speaking in tongues and doing all this kind of stuff, making all this noise as the word of God was being uh, introduced. He put his Bible down. He looked at her and he said, now you hush. Because the spirit of God does not disturb the word of God. I thought that was good stuff. The spirit of God does not. You know she shut up. She shut right on up. I remember I was flying back from India. My wife and I a number of years ago. I'd just been preaching and teaching. To some Hindus who have just got converted to, uh, to faith. And so it was one of these Hindu priest ladies, and she was walking all up and down. You know, she was in her, she was chanting all this demonic stuff. And she was just, she was just walking up and down the airplane. And I, you know, and I know it was not of God. It was not a great, and I'm 30,000 feet up in the air. And here this woman is chatting to her deities. And I got so frustrated. I said, in the name of Jesus, please sit that woman 
down. And do you realize within five minutes that woman sat down and shut up and I didn't hear another word out of her. She didn't know God set her down through his, pro, through his servant, his preacher on that, on that plane. I said, we're not going down because of your demonic chatting. You hush. That's right. <laughs> so, I mean, but Satan will bring all this stuff in the church and on planes and everywhere else. And, um, and you have to stand against it. I love what Wallace said. He said, the Holy Spirit does not disturb the word of God. Number six, should anyone embrace the teachings, deception, and lies of apostate teachers, it will steal your peace and freedom in Christ. Only the truth of God's word brings peace and liberty. Let me tell you something, beloved. Any doctrine that brings you into bondage is not of God. Because the word of God, when it is preached in the power of the spirit in its proper context, it brings liberty. It brings emancipation. It brings freedom. It does not put you in bondage. It does not oppress you. It, it lifts depression and it lifts oppression. And any doctrine that oppresses you is not a doctrine of God because God has called us to liberty in him. Why don't you say amen? Amen. With that being said, I transition. Why is grumbling and complaining against church leadership so dangerous? It is a dangerous thing. Why is grumbling and complaining against church leadership so disastrous? Number one, it displays a lack of trust in God. We must trust the Lord to take care of his church. So when you grumble and complain, you're saying, God, you can't help your church, so I'm going to grumble and fix it myself through grumbling. And grumbling only it only uh, compounds the problem. Number two, uh, grumbling and complaining against the leadership of the church, it drives a wedge in our relationship with God. In other words, you damage your relationship with the Lord when you have a spirit of grumbling and complaining. Number three, it brings on divine chastening because God wants the church to operate in the unity of the spirit. And if you are causing friction and tension and strife, then you put yourself in position for divine chastening by God himself. Now, a few weeks ago, I gave you a number of passages that dealt with Israel complaining and then God chastening Israel for her complaints. And I did a number of those, but for the sake of time, I'll not repeat all that. But I will recall one just to remind you because God gave me some other insight to add into this particular one. If you turn to the book of Numbers, keep it, don't lose the book of Jude, but turn to the book of Numbers if someone near you doesn't have a Bible, or share your Bible so they can see the scripture for themselves. The book of Numbers, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and then verses 4 and 5. I want you to see here some grumbling going on uh, amidst the family. Uh, Numbers 12, 1 and 2, and then verses 4 and 5. When you find it, say amen. amen. Good. Now, look what it says. Then Miriam and Aaron, these are brothers and sisters of Moses, spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman, whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. Now, don't be afraid to underline in your Bible or highlight unless it's not your Bible. Look what, look what they said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Woo-wee. They getting, all, they getting all in their big brother's stuff. Has the Lord indeed spoken through Moses? In other words, you're not the only one God is speaking to. He speaks through us too. Look, 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 at, look, look what, another question. Has he not spoken through us also? 
And you got people in the church saying, well, the Holy Spirit's in me. He can speak as well through me as he can to the pastor, the elders, or whomever. Uh, oh, we don't even need a pastor anymore. We, we don't, you know, some churches take five years to call a pastor because the fact of the matter is they don't want one. They don't want one. And some of them, every two years, they change in pastors because they don't want one. And the church is so fragmented because you got people in the pew that says, uh, has not the Lord spoken to us also? Uh-oh. Now look at this now. Look at the next one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five. Five words. And the Lord heard it. Underline that. That is so powerful. Stop speed reading the Bible. You read too fast and you miss what God is trying to say. The scripture says right there, and the Lord heard the words of Aaron and Miriam. Let me tell y'all something right there. Watch your mouth. Repeat after me. Watch my mouth. Do you realize, if you realize, if you stay cognizant of the fact that the Lord was listening to you, a whole lot of things you wouldn't say. And a whole lot of cussing would leave your mouth. And a whole lot of gossip and backbite would leave. Y'all forget that the Lord is hearing you. That's why you talk the way you talk. Cocky and arrogant. It says, and the Lord heard it. And uh-oh, here's what happened. Look at verse 4. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses... Aaron and Miriam, come out, you three. Uh-oh. You ever had, when you were young, you ever, you ever heard your daddy and mama say, y- 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 y'all come here. You ever heard those words? Y- y'all come here. You come. My mama, daddy said, not, you just come here. Randy, Bonnie, Vicky, Sammy, come here. Boy, when they start calling names, ooh, you know something to happen. And here he is, God is calling names. Moses, Aaron, and Mary. Let me tell you, God knows your name now. Come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. Now, you know what a tabernacle of meeting, that represents the presence of God among his people. He pitched his his tent among his people. It It represented the presence of God. So the three came out as the Lord asked. Then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam and they both went forward. You see, Miriam was was used by God to save her brother Moses from the Nile River. And she was also a prophetess who led the Jewish women in praising God. So she was a leader in the church in the sense that she led the music ministry. But then she probably kind of got off. I'm just kind of, I'm kind of using my sanctified imagination. You don't mind. Let me just, um, um, uh, Moses, now you, who, who, you, you say God speaking through you, but he speaks to us too. But now you got to watch yourself. I saved you out of that now. I'm just saying, uh, remember, I changed your pampers. You know, you, you don't, don't forget, we family and we saw you come into this world, you know, being... <laughs> Aaron was the oldest sibling appointed by God to assist Moses in confronting Pharaoh. And he was also appointed by God to be Israel's first high priest. Moses marrying an Ethiopian, a Cushite, non-Jewish woman suggests that Zipporah uh, had died and Moses had remarried. 
out of jealousy of Moses, Moses's position and influence, Aaron and Miriam complained against Moses. They even complained against the man's wife. You know, messing with the preacher's wife. And, and, and Moses and spoke against his authority. Perhaps Miriam, be, and so look what happens. Look at the chastening. Look at the chastening in Numbers 12, 9 through 11. So the anger of the Lord was aroused against them, and he departed. And when the cloud had departed from the tabernacle, suddenly Miriam became leprous as white as snow. Then Aaron turned toward Miriam, and there she was a leper. So Aaron said to Moses, oh my Lord, please do not lay this sin on us in which we have done foolishly and in which we have sinned. Man. The cloud lifts and Miriam is leprous. Perhaps Miriam became leprous because she was the instigator. Scripture don't say, but that's just a hypothetical situation. However, Aaron was humiliated as a priest and confessed, uh, but did not become leprous because of his high priestly position. Leprosy would have disqualified Aaron from the priesthood. This is the same God, my friend. He, he says, I'm the Lord, thy God, and I change not. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And God has me here as his mouthpiece to tell you today to watch your mouth. Watch your mouth when you're at your home. Watch your mouth how you talk to your husband. You, watch your mouth, husband, how you talk to your wife. You don't call her woman. You don't mess around over her. You don't, you don't tell her, go sit yourself down somewhere and shut up. You don't tell her that. Leave me alone, I'm watching television. You, you don't do that. You don't talk her down. Watch your mouth, children, when you're talking to your parents. Watch your mouth. Don't raise your voices. You watch your mouth. You have, you're not paying rent or a mortgage. You, you don't pay for the food in that house. Or you just make your bed and clean the toilet and clean the room and go rake some leaves. Watch your mouth, children. Watch your mouth. We must study, meditate, and obey the word of God daily, lest we fall. The tendency to stray away from God doesn't stop us here on earth. The Bible tells us that God's judgment also fell upon fallen angels. In other words, no one is exempt. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located directly at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.